Welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to Tubs at the Club, brought to you today by Snake River Stampede Whiskey, but we'll tell you a little bit more about that later in the show. We're the Vandals affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network, coming to you live immediately after Idaho's 27-13 victory against Northern Colorado. It's Idaho's seventh win of the season, which, for all intents and purposes, gentlemen, locks up the playoffs for Idaho. Not that it was really in question, but that should do enough if Idaho somehow struggled to the end of the season. Still a playoff team. Producer Martin Heemstra instant thoughts about this game a win is a win yeah i couldn't have said it better myself brian you've been on the shelf now for like three minutes your thoughts yeah so before we go through like well what well what did not go well i mean look the the big takeaway for me is the teams do have down weeks okay that's back montana state last year almost lost a terrible northern arizona team this was idaho's version of that um, I think it's pretty safe to say this was Idaho's worst showing of the season. Uh, I don't think it's particularly close uh, if you're comparing 
you know, from week one to now. And look, I mean, Idaho came away with the win. That's the big deal. If this is any team, but Northern Colorado and Cal Poly, this is probably a loss. So, Hey, it's okay. The, the rough effort came at the time it needed to Idaho picked up win number seven for the playoffs, that late pick for idiots who don't actually watch games will make it, you know, the score is essentially doubled up. So maybe uh non big sky fans who, uh, are part of seat, are part of seating in the playoffs will not know exactly understand the flow of this game and think of that as some sort of style points. But I mean, you know, story for me is Idaho, Idaho does a lot wrong and comes away with the W. So yeah, just like crew heads 76 said, uh, well different. He says that's a 1915 small batch of disgust afternoon. Yeah. We're not opening the snake over 1915 small batch, which we'll talk about later, man. But, that's my takeaway, Dallas. I mean, they got the win. It, it, this was the team they needed to play. If they're going to play like this, uh, please tell me that we ha- we don't see anything like this again the rest of the year. Yeah, that's that's what I said. Uh, and I said it in our Discord. I think I might have even tweeted something that was very similar to it. It was the best day to have your worst day. Like, if you're going to go out and play complete dog shit like this, you do it against the worst team in the big sky. Like, Hats off to Northern Colorado. Defensively, they did what they needed to to keep Idaho from succeeding and a lot of that was idaho shooting themselves in the foot but they did i mean they they absolutely numbers wise defensively looked way better than they have uh averaging 491 yards against for their defense they held idaho to 326 obviously like you said brian the the pick six from marcus harris to seal it there is seven points but they held idaho's offense to 20 points offensively the bears were about what what was expected they averaged 13.88 points a game they scored 13 quarterback uh new quarterback today jacob sermon did not play um pretty rough uh they had 55 passing yards um so this is the kind of game that you like if you're gonna have a bad game this is the team you want to do it in and this is the kind of game that you just think hey flush this and never do this again uh as t cash says in the comments idaho never trailed win is a win like it very is very much true like Hey, they won. You move on to next week. But Brian, like you said, if Idaho plays like this against any team that's not Northern Colorado or Cal Poly, this is an ugly, ugly loss for the Vandals. Yeah, and I guess it just um, something for us to take away is Vandals because this is this is new territory for a lot of fans uh, to have high expectations week in week out that are for for the most part met uh, week in and week out by the team. Um, you know, hey, back to back sellouts and then going on the road to Greeley. I don't like to put down other Big Sky teams for attendance because I want other teams to have a, have better home environments. It's it's better for the entire Big Sky w- when more people show up. But well, and we saw Idaho's attendance over the last ten years. Ex- exactly. Like, hey, as Vandals, we've been there. Um, it looked like there was maybe the Greeley, uh, Greeley st- the st- stadium for UNC holds uh, Nottingham field holds 8,500 people. And it looked like 850 were in attendance or something like that. So, I mean, definitely low energy atmosphere. Jason Neck had described it in his press conferences as a BYOJ bring your own juice. And well, I think about half the Vandals didn't pack their own juice, but again, it, it is a win. It's win number seven for Idaho. Uh, the March to nine wins and a first round by continues and, that extra padding, I think, will not make this game be any sort of demerit on Idaho's schedule. So that, that I guess that's the big win before we start going through the rest of, of this, Dallas. Yeah, guys, I 
I'm trying not to freak out because that was that again. That was that was the worst performance I think we've seen under under the Vandals with Jason Eck as the head coach. Uh, it felt honestly closer to watching a Paul Petrino team than it did a Jason Eck team at times. Uh, as Crewhead said, 76 says we've got two more lower competition games. Got to get right and play what they're capable of. Absolutely, like the it was in all phases of the game was was the issue to me. Uh, offense was just disjointed. Defense obviously was allowing those insane amount of draw plays to actually work tackling was a bit of a rough spot personal fouls bad penalties just really sloppy in all phases of the game guys it, just not a not a game you want to look back on and think about too much so for structure's sake let's say we're leading off with what did not go well dallas and um you just hit a few of those the with david david afari running back for northern colorado he he is a good he's a good player He's a guy who could start on a lot of big sky teams. Uh, he should absolutely not have accrued the, the stats he did, but on the game rushed 18 times for uh, 79 net yards along of 16. Uh, just good Lord. I hate the stats page. We have to have up Jordan Hornbeak rushes five times for, uh, for 27 yards. Uh, look, overall you hit what Northern Colorado did is they, they had to move. They had to move on the ground because their new quarterback, uh, Good Lord. And I, again, I hate these stats with things you have to have up. Shay Kaikendall goes 14 to 22 for 55 yards and a pick six through a late touchdown for Idaho. Uh, that, that certainly helped. Uh, but on the gate, like on the game itself, Northern Colorado rushes for 131 yards. Well, Hey, Idaho rushed for 133 yards. So the, the bears were pretty much neck and neck with Idaho in that regard. A lot of it to me, again, David far is good running back Dallas, but I feel like, Afari should have been taken down and and lost about 50-ish of those yards. He did make some people miss, but also like sometimes the Vandals just missed. It was in the same in the opposite way that against MSU, we saw just absolutely dialed in best tackling of the year. That's not what we saw today. I think the Vandals really missed having Trey Thomas uh in this game, uh, which just lets you know, like, hey, we've talked about depth at different positions. And uh hey, with the youth we have at linebacker, we really do need. Uh, to have, I, I mean, to for Idaho, if they're if this is a if we're talking about playoffs, we need to be healthy at the linebacker spot. The young guys are good, but they're young, uh, so we, we need that consistency. We need production from the se se senior leaders of the team as well. Um, other stuff that didn't go well for me, I'm going to say just offensively, not Giovanni McCoy's best game. Um, he look, he did throw that late touchdown to Hayden Hatton, and that was you know that was part of sealing the deal. McCoy on the game goes 18 to 25. A touchdown, one pick, gets sacked uh, three times. Overall, he was 18, again, 18 to 25 is 72%. So maybe like describing this as not his best game feels weird because he he missed some shots early. He, also, uh, McCoy just threw into coverage a few times. Uh, early, and this was early too. Uh, for example, like that very first long strike to Hayden Hatton, he overthrew Hatton while he was into triple coverage. Like it, it was confusing to see that be Giovanni's uh, call when McCoy has been so good for so long for Idaho. Uh, but you know, I'm sure McCoy doesn't feel like this was his best game. That pick, the interception that McCoy threw that made it feel like this game might be in doubt. Uh, he was, he was just behind on the throw uh, and Hey, that, that happens guys miss throws. He's still, still a very good quarterback. McCoy still came through when we needed him, but I guess that's what I'd hit on not going as well. You know, you hit the defensive side and you talk about the offense feeling a little disjointed. I mean, the game, was weirdly never in doubt in my mind, Dallas, other than just being terrified after that McCoy interception. 
that Idaho would turn the ball over. So the, the concern was that Idaho just, they seemed anxious offensively Dallas. I don't know if, if that is a, a descriptor you'd agree with, but the confidence I typically have with Idaho offensively, look, they still marched the ball as they needed to, but um, I don't really know how to explain it in schematic terms or anything about how Idaho just didn't look like a team ready to execute offensively for the most part against UNC. Yeah, I mean, Brian, we alluded to it a little bit. Obviously, uh, the comment section rightfully roasting us for talking so much trash in the, the pre-show, I'm still but okay uh, I am too, because again, this game truly didn't feel like it was in doubt. Uh, there was the moment when McCoy threw the interception, and hey, shout out to Ed Lamb, former Vandal, kicking a field goal down seven in the fourth quarter, uh, relying apparently on his defense to hold them, and then you think you score another touchdown or kick two more field goals kind of a baffling decision. They're not, not great. But other than that one moment, there was never a point in this game that I felt Idaho wasn't going to win because it was very obvious. The talent discrepancy on the field was, was insane, but Brian, it, it really felt like Idaho's offense just slept walked. Like we, we, we mentioned that in again, uh, very gently like, Hey, there's a chance Idaho sleepwalks this game and it ends up becoming what exactly it was. Yes, Idaho won by two touchdowns, but it was that it was not a two touchdown game. Uh, but it, it felt like every every position was that. I thought the offensive line held up really well. Uh, McCoy took a couple sacks, but he did have a, a fair amount of time a lot of the time. Uh, but even Anthony Woods, there were a couple times where yeah, he'd have a he'd have a Tony Trees moment and just explode. But then he would miss a cutback that he could have gone for thirty, and instead was hit behind the line. Uh, it just maddening game honestly in all facets to me the offense looked disjointed i thought the defense there were guys that looked great i thought x-ray alexander absolutely looked like the best player on the team for most of the most of the game which is concerning that a true freshman is looking like that but also on the other side that's fantastic to see that again i think x-ray and Eck, the two of them are going to try to figure out a way to make that into a nickname but those two guys are going to be two of the best linebackers in this not only this conference, but in this league of football here very soon, you just kind of got to deal with those freshman growing pains. But Brian, it was just, it's tough to, you know, it's a low energy game. Again, bring your own juice, but it, it's, it's really disheartening to see. There just wasn't a lot of heart there in that first half. It, it just really felt like you said, anxious is a good way to put it. It was like, nobody wanted to go out there and rip a throat out. And that's what you want to see from, again, the, a top five team in the country you want to see them rip somebody's throat out go out there and beat the shit out of this terrible team and instead you play down to your opponent well okay there's one one fast this game before we shift over to what went well i i guess i just want to at least enunciate because if you are if you didn't watch this game and you look at the box score what you would see is so the unc passed it 22 times for 55 yards that's being shut down through the air and okay. UNC could run, they could rush a teeny bit, but they average 3.6 yards per rush. It's like, if you reference that to big sky leaders, there's only two teams in the big sky that force that on average hold teams to fewer than th- 3.6 or fewer yards per rush It's Davis and Montana, which it, Davis holds teams to 3.2 Montana, 2.3. So that 3.6 number, if that's your average defensive output, you are, uh, the number three rushing defense team in the big sky. So like why, when we see those defensive stats, why, why do we sound so like down or like, so just kind of relieved that Idaho uh, left, 
left the game with the W. And I guess a, I think a better way for me to, to try to put a button on what did not well go well is Idaho had a lot of opportunities to completely slam the doors on this game and just did not do it until that Marcus Harris pick six, uh, which was very, very, I mean, yeah, that was a, you know one of the la- last few plays of the game. Um, we've talked, or I've talked at least about how like ter- relative to forcing turnovers throughout the season, Idaho just hasn't capitalized on opportunities. And th- that is a variable year by year that not capitalizing on opportunities to me is kind of the story of why this game remained close. It was a, a lot of self-inflicted gunshot wounds on Idaho and a lot of missed opportunities. And, you know, add that to UNC did come ready to play and UNC took advantage of the, the opportunities they were able to get. Um, that's how you have a game this close. That's how a team as terrible as Northern Colorado uh, prior to that pick six would have called you. I think you would have brain dead called this a moral victory for that Northern Colorado team. I don't know if you still could just because of how deflated man. It, it, again, if you guys did not watch that pick six, you need to see it uh, because the entire Northern Colorado team, they gave up. It truly looked like a five-year-old boy. They looked like the entire team of UNC were five-year-old boys who opened up Chris close on Christmas with how, just how there was no effort in trying to get Harris down credit to Harris for finishing that play. But I guess that that's a story for me is Idaho not taking advantage of opportunities in a way that we're just used to seeing them do this uh, throughout the season, even in games where, you know, it's, it's close. And you know what else is close? I, I do. An awesome trip with Hughes River Expeditions. If you're looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Like I said, it's close. It's right here. HRE has been vandal-owned and operated since 1976. They're ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. There's the Middle Fork of the Salmon, the Main Salmon River, the Salmon River Canyons. There's even the Selway. You can take special trips like the Percent Meteor Shower. You can do it, again, just you, you and a couple loved ones. You can take a whole work group and just, boom, have the time of your life. There's pristine beaches and pristine bitches if you work it correctly. Run amazing whitewater. There's hiking scenic trails. There's wildlife to check out. There's the beautiful natural hot springs. And again, guys, the most remote stretches of river in the entire country. Just bring your clothes, let HRE handle the rest. Grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the Gem State. Call them now, 800-262-1882. Again, 800-262-1882. Or check them out at HughesRiver.com. Guys, I've left producer Martin on the shelf now for almost 20 minutes. I think it's time to, like, let's talk a little bit positive here because we've been mostly like Debbie Downers here. Like, yes, Idaho played poorly. I think even the coaching staff and players would probably admit not the finest showing after the win against Montana state, but what did go well today, Martin? I think, I think for me, it was the defense didn't the defense uh, to have X really lead the team in tackles. I think I'll say it was 13 tackles. I don't know the stats page right in front of me. I think it was something like that. Super stat director. Yeah, it was 13. Right. Awesome. To have that was good for me. I That was kind of like the defense not to shit the bed and uh, give up a touchdown when they when Giovanni threw that interception was good. another good one for me. I think for me, to, I, I'm stumbling over myself, but just the defense, I think, was the overall positives for me. Man, so Hayden Hatton had an All-American level game, uh, which he, look Hatton just hasn't had the as many receptions as you, you would 
we would have thought just because of how the offense has changed relative to starting your expectations. But Hatton still is among the big sky leaders in receptions. And today, six catches for 104 yards and a touchdown. And Idaho needed all those. Hayden Hatton had that big touchdown that that was, you know, one of the nails that, sh- that, you know, shut, shut, shut things down from Northern Colorado. So again, Hayden Hatton looked good. And, um, you know, Anthony Woods, um, he was, he was steady through this game. He, you know, he rushes 23 times for 105 net yards, 4.6 yards per carry for a touchdown with a long of 22. Um, so, I mean, hey, this is why, again, I said the box look in at the box score is going to be kind of weird and understand if you're listening to us and haven't watched the game uh, because we had some, there were some very strong individual performances. Um, you know, seeing the two dudes who to me are brain dead first team all big sky guys on this team in Hatton and Woods put up the way they did. Uh, that's that's what went well offensively. Yeah, I, you know, I I mentioned Anthony Woods. It felt like there were a couple holes that he missed that he could have had well over 200 yards today if, if he'd hit some of those. Again, the guy ended up with over 100 yards today. Like the, the, this is nitpicking at its finest here. 23 carries, 105 yards and a touchdown, averaged 4.6 a carry. Like you can't be upset about that. Like guy had a good game. Um, I did think, again, I thought the offensive line looked good. And, and again, this is against the worst team in the big sky. Uh, I also want to point out Matt Allen and Super George, uh, 111. Thank Pump seemed to change the momentum of the game. It absolutely did. Idaho defensively absolutely was closing the door on Northern Colorado. And then that fake punt kind of somehow broke their running game wide open, which was, was quite frustrating to see. But uh, I did think offensive line looked better today. Uh, obviously, Leighton Vining starting at center now that uh, Eli Sanchez is out for the year. Abe Christensen was in at right tackle to start the game. I uh, haven't seen that uh, under at least under the Eck era. Uh, but I, I thought that pass protection held up pretty well. I think some of those sacks were coverage sacks, unfortunately, and, and Vonnie just trying to like make the best play he could. Uh, so I, I, I do think there's things you can point out. That you can say, hey, good good things happened in certain positions. Again, the, not not overall what you'd want to see from from the Vandals today, guys. Uh, a lot of the comments in the I'm not going to call it everybody because there's a bunch of them, but a lot of the comments here. It'd be really nice to stop playing down to opponents, and that that is kind of what it felt like today. We're we're calling out individual guys that had good games, and I think again, the offensive line had a pretty good performance, but it just felt like felt like 45, 50 points was out there for the taking, and the Vandals just didn't go get it. Yeah, and I do want to hit the playing down to opponents thing which i look i think that happened but we, we do need to give ourselves a reality check because vandal vandal ptsd is real uh, and generalizing you know from like the petrino time into now is something that is pretty easy to do this is the only time idaho's like shit, kind of shit the bed this year like if you truly go through week by week lamar blowout nevada blowout hung with cal beat top 10 sacramento state the Eastern game was a little weird if you want to add that in there, but that, that was also a game plan thing that would not repeat itself. Uh, blowout Cal Poly. Look, you, Montana and Idaho lost by two, but Montana's ta- Montana's en route to a first-round playoff by guys. That's not a bad team. Beat Montana State, and now this. So, like, I mean, this, is, this has happened one time this year. I think it's completely fair to say, hey, this, this isn't really going to – this isn't going to repeat itself. Like crew had 76 saying this and Cal Poly were, were shit. Okay. But like, they still blew out Cal Poly guys. So as far as like a, you know, game long underperformance, this has happened one time this year. So I like, I'm not losing a ton of sleep over this other than just to say, 
hey, keep in mind, there's a lot of young guys on this team. Every team plays up and down some. And with the amount of young guys Idaho does play, this is a reality of understanding who Idaho is, is the floor is a little bit lower at times than you'd guess. Um, but that's also because we have impact freshmen playing in important spots. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's a problem and it's not a problem. No, couldn't, uh, couldn't have said it better myself, Brian. Like, th- this is just what is going to happen. Uh, again, what we talked about in, in the perfect world was let's see Idaho blow this team apart, put up 35 in the first half and then play the second stringers the whole time. But it is important to remember a very good portion of the first stringers and quality contributors are guys that are true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, so, some level of sophomore, like guys that have not been around for very long. This is going to happen. It's frustrating when it does happen because we've all seen that this team is capable of, I mean, absolute pure greatness. Say what you will about Montana State and how that game ended, but th- at the end of the day, the win was the win. Idaho knocked off one of the three best teams in, in the FCS. There's no other way to say that. Idaho is capable of being a truly great football team. But because, again, you have so much youth, it just does tend to vary from time to time. It goes up and down. But I mean, hey, Sam Herder, in his most recent article, now he's presuming that Montana doesn't win out and that the Grizz are either going to lose to Sac State or they're going to lose to Montana State. He expects them to go one and one in that. In that scenario, Sam Herder has Idaho as the two seed in the playoffs. So I guess I guess that's part of why the, the tone for this to me is so weird and how to understand this game is weird. I think, look, I had, had a friend message me a second ago saying, I'm going to paraphrase, it looks like Idaho was hung over from the Montana State game. Like, uh, like, there, was, like there was a lot of celebration, um, a lot of, uh, lot of enthu- personal enthusiasm for, hey, the, one of the biggest wins in program history. And they just weren't ready for and we got a letdown game but hey Idaho won the let get letdown game guys we d- almost doubled up the team in the letdown game this was i i not to step on to Tuesday's episode which we, we will record on Tuesday never passing more than 5 yards for UNC is this will be a great scrimmage you could say for what Weber State does so Idaho's got a little extra practice there um I don't know. Like we were, we're, 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 we're personally disjointed even talking about this game now because we're talking about the stuff that went well. Uh, defensively, what went well to me is uh, like, look, Martin already hit actually Alexander Fred, the freshman playing quite well. But again, like look at the individual game stats. Idaho did shut down UNC through the air, and UNC wasn't that overall effective running the football. So, there, I mean, like it, this was an overall solid outing. If we had these stats with a more cohesive offensive effort against virtually any other team, we'd be expecting a blowout. Yeah, I, I think Super George, uh, you know, George, I don't know if it's 111 or 111. I don't know how you, you pronounce that. I guess it really doesn't matter. Uh, what went wrong? Jack Lane's playing time. And then the second comment, I guess it's good we can complain this much about a win. Like that, that is very important to remember here. We're complaining about this because we've seen the Vandals operating at, at the peak of their powers, and it should be a game that they win 50 to 60 points. Like, this should be an absolute ass-kicking from the minute the, the first kick happens. But it didn't happen, and when it doesn't happen, you can complain about it a little bit because, again, we have seen this team this year is not the type of team that should have gone – I mean, again, it took a pick six to really put this game away – there was a chance that 
Northern Colorado hangs with Idaho as close as they hang with Cal Poly. Like that's, that's a fair complaint to have when you go out and you see Idaho beat the number four team in the country, beat the number two team in the country. Like it is, it is fair to complain about one of the worst teams in the FCS somehow hanging with Idaho. Now, so, C. Hansen also hits a point we failed to talk about. How many penalty yards did we have? We kept extending their drives. That's C. Hansen in the comments section. Idaho, eight penalties for 70 yards. And just all of them seem, it seemed like UNC did their version of capitalizing on them too. Three first downs given by penalties from Idaho today. Oh, yeah, and and multiple for like giving UNC first and five. And for a team that doesn't want their quarterback to pass more than five yards, you cannot ask for a better setup. But look, look, we were talking about this being essentially a hangover game, Dallas. Look, if you're going to have a hangover, look, the best route to that hangover, guys, it's Snake River Stampede Canadian Whiskey, and it's not close. Whether you go for the Snake River Stampede or if you go for the 1915 Small Batch Edition, both both are home runs. I There's no prayer I'm pouring my Small Batch tonight for to celebrate this game. But if you get the Snake River Stampede, it's double barrel finishes, first little bourbon, then Oloroso sherry casks. The 1915 Small Batch is aged an additional two years. It's double barrel finish is first fill bourbon, then ex-Canadian rye whiskey casks. You can't go wrong with either. They're two of the best buys in Idaho Snake liquor in Idaho State liquor stores. Give Snake River a shot. With that, guys, I think I know who we're going to suggest. But Martin, player of the game, offensive, defensive, both, neither, whatever you want to go with, the the, the floor is yours. I think just I, I've only got one, and it's going to be XV Alexander. I could, if I was going to be picky and choose an offensive guy, it would be Hayden Hatton. But for me, I think it just was Essence X led the team in tackles, and as a true freshman, I that's who my player of the game is. So we're we'll lead with defensive player player of the game. Um, I'm look. I'm going to go with Tommy McCormick now. Part of this is because I feel like I, I keep feeling every week after we do this, like that I, in retrospect should have picked Tommy McCormick as a defensive player of the game. Um, has 11 total tackles, seven, seven assists, four solo. I mean, he was, we, we talked about how, even though Fari had more yards, than we think we should have, the team was held 3.6 yards, yards per carry. Uh, McCormick was a big part of that. Uh, McCormick, look, he, Eck in his uh, pregame show said that McCormick was essentially going to be playing uh, some some outside linebacker for this game just based off the matchup. So that's who I'm going with. The other, I, I know who I wanted to go for the other because of one play, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go that route if you want to, Dallas. Yeah, I'll I'll go with defensive player of the game, Marcus Harris, all because of that pick six. I was going to be uh, kind of a dickhead and pick him as the offensive player of the game, but I'm not going to do that because I do think there are, there are guys on the offense that, that deserve shout-outs. But, uh, man, I thought x looked great. I definitely don't have a problem with that. Tommy McCormick looked really good. Uh, again, Marcus Harris with the, the pick six to seal it. Uh, Treep Talks jumping in to say, Andrew Marshall should get an honorable mention. Corners have been great this year. That's something we don't talk about enough, I think. Uh, think of where the DB play was two years ago and in the previous five years before that and how Idaho had the worst secondary in not only the big sky, but maybe in the FCS. And then lo and behold, most of those same guys are still around and the secondary has looked so much better under Rob Orich and, and Stanley Franks and those guys. So uh, Brian, I'm, you're chuckling. Right, no, I'm, I'm trying to not laugh my ass off at Matt Allen in the comment section saying three, three defensive offsides. I don't think it was crowd noise. 
Yeah, no. Um, I, I this again, this feels like a game the coaching staff's going to want back. Uh, some some of the play calling was maybe suspect at times. Uh, again, just the penalties everywhere is a. It feels like a really conservative. A lot. What's that? Offensive play calling was weirdly conservative. Yeah, uh, very, very much so. Which was, um, again, not what you'd expect to see from. Again, uh, a Vandal team going up against the defense that. Hold on, let me check the stats department was allowing 35 points a game and almost 500 yards per game. Uh, very weird to go as conservative as Idaho did. But again, a win's a win. Yep. Uh, I do want to shout out Crewhead76. These are the best DBs we've had since Coach Franks played. Uh, absolutely. Um, and again, hashtag teachable moments to get everybody on the right track. Uh, to loop back to what my original point was, I know we've completely lost the plot here. Uh, offensively, I got to give it to Tony Trees. Uh, again, I, I think without Anthony Woods running the ball the way he did, man, what a what a stiff arm, by the way. One of the best stiff arms I've ever seen in college football. Absolutely dropped that kid. Textbook, just face, hand face, just put him back. I thought Tony Trees looked great today. Again, I think the guy's the best running back at this level of football. And I, I think that he is the, the drink, or he is the straw. Idaho is the drink. I think he is, he is so vital to this offense that it's it's no wonder that when he started getting a little bit more play, all of a sudden the Vandal offense did start to wake up a little bit. Yeah, Martin, your offensive player of the game. I, I'm gonna, I, I was I, Anthony Woods, but I, it's kind of for the same things that uh, Dallas said. Super George 111 says Duster is the straw that stirs the Vandal drink, which is is correct. Uh, man, I forgot my cup that I, for me to try to, to try to use that straw. But anyway, uh, my offensive player of the game is is Hayden Hatton. Now I want to I want to go back. I referenced Giovanni McCoy, and you know, just said there were some weird play some some spots where I felt like McCoy wasn't as sharp as we're used to. But keep in mind, seventy two percent completion percentage. That's a uh, if that's an off day. That's a pretty damn good off day. Um, but Hayden Hatton with those, as referenced, had the t- had six catches, had the touchdown, over 100 receiving yards. He had and some of his catches in the second. He had three huge catches in the second half. All all three of them were huge. They and when I when he came down with them every single time when it felt it was when Idaho's only up a score against UNC and you're anxious about another self-inflicted gunshot wound giving UNC a chance and then Hayden Hatton catches the touchdown or Hayden Hatton comes down with like a 30-yard reception that was my Xanax for today so Hayden Hatton he, he's my player of the game uh long loved Tubbs uh honestly contributor at this point uh without the amount of food that's given out at, at tailgates uh I like to think of uh, of uh you as a contributor Jason pointing out uh maybe the most important thing of the night Freshman center, and we haven't said a single thing about him. Leighton Vining, shout out to Leighton Vining, stepping in for Eli Sanchez. And again, I, I don't recall anything being sloppy. I don't remember any bad snaps. I don't remember any just completely getting blown up by a, a nose guard or nose tackle. I don't remember any of that. Uh, so just to kind of put a bow on all of this, big shout out to Leighton Vining and the rest yeah, of the offense. Yeah, some of the um some of the missed blitzes where they were corner blitzes that would have they would have you would certainly say that had nothing to do with the with the true with the freshman starting center. So no, like meaningful thing for you to bring up uh Dallas, I think meaningful thing for us to acknowledge that since that first start against Montana, Vining settled down quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um again, and I think this is 
this is what we kind of expected to see out of the offensive line as as things have gone on throughout the Eck era. Again, we, we talked about it when, when he first came on the show right after he was hired, and he mentioned the offensive line at South Dakota was not like a whole bunch of four-star recruits. It was just guys that just happened to – they brought him in, and a couple walk-ons even that, that just ended up being the hardest-working guys and, and grew into being this stud offensive line. I mean nothing against the guys that came before Eck because, again, we've seen some of those guys are great. I think Eli Sanchez, awesome. Abe Christensen has obviously just bounced all around and been a vital cog in in keeping consistency going. But I think it's there's a reason that we're seeing a lot of these younger guys stepping in and doing well because, again, you're talking about Jason Eck, a guy who went and, if you saw it on Twitter, 40 snaps as the scout team offensive lineman this week. Like, obviously you're, you're expecting the offensive line to grow and learn very quickly under Jason Eck. And I, I do, I do think we see that every single week, the young guys get more playing time and, and succeed almost every time that they get it. Yeah, so Dallas, any closing takeaways you have, by the way, Michael Marceau, a guy I know in the comments section asking how many completions did Hatton have? Um, and look, which actually hits a, on, which relates to a different point brought up by Idaho Re- Idaho real estate, no more reverse plays in the red zone. Everyone knows it's coming. Um, I, I do think a little bit of that version of, you know, what, what is referred to as trickeration of some teams are starting to, to catch on to, but uh, no, Hatton hasn't, Hatton did not throw a pass this week. Uh, he, he did throw one against Montana state, but um, broad takeaways I have from this game, Dallas are if I, to at least try to say something different than what we went over earlier is um, I think it's easy for at the fan level to have a big win and assume linear growth or assume a new baseline has been established. That's a fan. That's a fan issue of uh, keeping in mind. These guys, we Idaho plays a lot of young dudes. Uh, there is variability in focus, effort, all those kind of things uh, week to week. I'm hoping that this, this week was, if this was, a, if this was Idaho's week to learn, Hey, you're good, but you're not as good as you think you are. You can't just mail this one in. I'm okay with Idaho learning that while still picking up a W. No, I uh, I fully good agree. God, Captain fifty eight. That was actually a lateral move against against Montana State professor. God damn it, Captain. Okay, Re- rephrase to address Michael Marceau's question. The ball left the wide receiver's hand and traveled more than five yards on purpose. I think that's what he was trying to get at. But uh, hashtag lateral move. My bad, Dallas. No, you're you are more than welcome to jump in anytime. There's a lateral move to discuss. We have to we have to bring it to the front and center, because um, th- that is the one thing to remember here. We're not talking about professional football players. We're talking about college kids. I don't know about everybody, but I'm going to make an assumption. Everybody listening to the show is probably pretty stupid between the ages of 17 and 22. We all did some dumb shit. I think every single person here can say they did some dumb shit. I'll, I'll be honest. I used to get made fun of because I didn't go to the, the club uh, when I was a vandal and I got rightfully roasted for that. I didn't drink until two months after I turned 21. I'd never had a sip of alcohol before. And I know I did a bunch of dumb shit in college. Like, remember, these are college kids. Like Brian said, linear growth is not something you expect out of professionals, much less kids. Like You don't expect it out of humans. Yeah, it, it just this is just what happens. Are we going to complain about it when, yeah, you should have beat this team by 50? Yes. Can we be happy that, like, 
hey, Idaho got the win. Seven wins is playoffs. Hopefully, again, on the track for nine. Hopefully, we're on the right track. I haven't heard from Treeb in a couple minutes, but hopefully, we're still on the right track to nine wins. And then T Cash jumping in the comments, still am. Like, again, it's humanity. Like, dumb things happen. Things just don't work out the way they want. Idaho real estate, I was the king of dumb shit. Like, Roger Dorn, come on, man. No right track crap. Come on. The right track is the, the place to be. It's it's doing really well for us so far. Guys, I got nothing else. I At the end of the day, Idaho got a victory. Yes, it was ugly. Yes, we hope to never see a performance like that again. But the win's the win. On to Weber State next week. Yeah, uh, last thing I want to hit on that is this isn't football related, but we just look, we're not covering basketball until football's done. So just want to acknowledge, hey, Idaho has its uh, season opener, head coach Alex Pribble's first game Monday, November 6th at 8 p.m. That's at WSU at Washington State. Uh, so, hey, Battle of Palooza is back on. That's cool. I have no idea if the game is being, if that game is going to be on at Pac 12 um, Network. Packville Network, thank you. Um, but um, yeah, hey, that's that's the some other Vandal news to pay attention to. We'll uh, we're gonna record our episode covering the Weber State game this Tuesday because uh, we have no other choice. But what I think people should consider as no other choice, if you want to support the show, patreoncom backslash tubs at the club, become part of our hashtag only tubs Discord. Brian, which, if you want to get on the right track you're supposed to join the Patreon. Yeah. Okay, exactly. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get on the right track. So uh, I got to say, I leaned pretty heavily onto the Discord today. Uh, this this was the type of game where I was really happy to have a, a bunch of other Vandals who were having the exact same experience I was, terrified that your Vandal PTSD would was going to yield something material, but still like hey, people, people ready to talk about what's actually happening in front of us, good or bad or whatever. Lots of inside jokes going on there too. Hashtag right track, Roger Dorn. So anyway, patreon.com backslash tubs, the club. You can join for as little as 250 a month. We, we gladly ex accept more than 250 a month, but it's just 250 a month guys. I, I, I absolutely road games. You got to be there for it. See you guys there. Guys. One last call out Vandal women's soccer, big sky conference championship tomorrow, Sunday, November 5th against NAU. 12 o'clock pacific time be there or be square if you're watching nfl and passed out watching red zone like i probably am make sure to put it on a phone put it on a second screen put it on a tablet support the ladies with that said if you ain't vandal martin no okay fine oh good lord martin okay by the Go way si by the way simon miller making me die over here in the comment section watching weaver state versus pocatello now and it's like going from a funeral to a rave um okay fair enough with that said we'll be back everybody on tuesday to preview barbecue state university hopefully a little bit better performance that week but again we will break it down in full next week as always go vandals go vandals go vandals this is producer brian doing a terrible job of even finding what we're going to play us out with so I'm just going, we're just going to call it good. See you guys Tuesday.